Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. We're keeping a wary eye right now on the <laughs> impeachment trial, which is starting uh, 11 o'clock. Is technically Chaplain's uh, making the opening prayer right now, and then Got off it. they go. Now off they go. And so uh, we'll let you know if anything happens in it again. Barry Marks and in for Pamela Hughes, and he has cleared his schedule so that he can watch this all day long. Why? <laughs> so I don't have to. Okay. There you go. Thank you very much for that. So we have a, a lawmaker, a state lawmaker, who, by the way, represents you, Barry Markson, in the state legislature. Jay Lawrence. He's uh, I'm in his district. So Jay is speaking in front of a group out there, um, north uh, east part of the valley. Fountain Hills, the Fountain Hills Tea Party. A raucous, exciting group, no doubt. And he's talking in front of this group, and he talks about his concerns, if you will. I don't want refugees settled here. I don't feel as though they come here. They will take from us. They will make for uh, lower wages for us. They will make for more expense in our schools more expense in our emergency rooms. They may come here, I will do all I can as a legislator to not accept a refugee population in the state of Arizona. Call me a bigot, whatever you want. I just think it's best for the state of Arizona. Okay, that is his comments. Uh, Unedited, might I point out. We didn't add anything, we didn't delete anything. You heard it in its entirety. Yeah. What I took from that, Barry, is Jay Lawrence, state representative, doesn't want refugees in the state of Arizona, doesn't mind if you think he's a bigot because of it. Yeah. Did I did I misrepresent his comments? No, it said it flat out and 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 said, I don't care if you call me a bigot. I mean I, I don't know how much clearer he could have been. Yeah. So, uh And by the way, was he talking about refugees or immigration? I mean it, it could I, I, I the statements could have been the same. I think he feels the same on both. No new people. Yeah. Like, well, unless they look like him. Like we're us. Okay yeah. All right. Um, nobody, nobody looks like him. He was like on him. with uh, Gatos and Chad yesterday, right? Yeah, he was. And he's walking this comment back? He's trying hard. I made a big mistake. I, uh, I get taunted by someone and, and say something that I'm sorry about later. The refugee problem, and I have no problem with refugees, the, the problem exists that I don't believe the federal government properly vets refugees, so you don't know what you're getting. Okay, so let's 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 unpack some of this crazy. First off, who baited him into talking about this? He was at a tea party event in Paradise Valley. Fountain Hills, yeah. Fountain out, Hill. out in Fountain Hills. He was not baited no. into talking about this. No, these are his people. On the Facebook, he blames Democrats for filming him. Right. By the way, which is unclear, Democrats. Fi- I, I By wanna, the way, he was speaking in public, and we should be clear: the statements are so outlandish. This could have been a Tea Party. It's been a Republicans, conservative Tea Party person who said, 
holy moly, this is ridiculous. And they put the film out there. Who knows? It, we don't know that this was a Democrat or who. And there's no baiting here. There's nobody no. asking. This was Jay Lawrence just speaking to this a This is what I believe that's what he thinks. Yes. I think the only reason that he's walking it back is because of the backlash. And the biggest problem he he has throughout, it's not even, this is the first time, by the way, this seems to happen regularly with Jay Lawrence. He speaks to the group that's in front of him. As if no one else will ever hear it. It isn't. So you don't even you don't even know. But apparently we're getting his real thoughts here. This wasn't a question and answer. He wasn't taunted by anybody. Nobody's baiting him. Uh, this is Jay Lawrence speaking to a, a, a room full of Tea Party activists in Fountain Hills saying what's on his mind. And now he's getting a lot of backlash for it yet again. And he's trying to walk it back. Now, he also in just speaking to Gatos and Chad, he continued to reiterate mistruths. Okay. The idea that refugees are not vetted is a crackpot talking point. It's not true. Right. They, they are, are vetted. They are most certainly vetted. Yeah, and- they are subject to extreme vetting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't let just anybody in. That is not true. You can believe it. You can believe the earth is flat. You can believe the moon's made out of green cheese. <laughs> Doesn't make it true. Okay? Facts still matter. Yeah. And according to the Health and Human Services Department, 84% of refugees settled into the United States are self-sufficient within six months holding down jobs and supporting themselves. Yeah. The, Jay Lawrence, the idea that they're a drain on our society, that our schools, our hospitals, they're taking your jobs. Yeah, it's a lie. And it is a lie. It's a and lie. it is it is a, a bigoted, yeah, Jay, a- bigoted, racist, uh, xenophobic lie. And by the way, the opposite of what Doug Ducey, our governor, has said, um, who just in December said that Arizona would accept uh, refugees and said refugees arriving in the United States have been v- that have been vetted and approved by the appropriate national security agencies uh, will have a home in Arizona. And the legislature I, uh, unanimously voted just to approve that. Right. So wh- who's he? T- this is incredible. He's out there on an island by himself right now. He's not by himself. There's people right now yelling, I don't want them in here. I get it. You can be racist in this country. You can be a bigot in this country. You can be xenophobic in this country. And apparently get elected. We allow, (laughs) elected, we celebrate it in the state of Arizona sometimes. We had a state legislator that uh, said there weren't enough white kids. Oh. And then got reelected. Well, Jay, he was on Gatos and Chad yesterday. Yep. And trying to walk it back, uh, saying, I'm not a bigot. Someone taunted me and I made a mistake. You say, of course I'm a bigot. Well, I'm not a bigot. As all of the, everything that I have ever, every sponsored, every bill I've ever signed would prove that I am no bigot and I should not respond to any kinds of of taunts. Oh, my what who what is this taunting? Was he was he being taunted get, at the at the I, tea party meeting? What, because we played that his clip. Yeah. After he made his comments, nobody in the crowd no. went, "You're a bigot." Yeah. And he said, "Call." He offered. He offered the comments. Yeah. We didn't we didn't cut any of that out. Nobody was arguing with Again, him. Again, we yeah. call me a bigot, whatever you want. I just think it's best for the state of Arizona. How is that misinterpreted? How can I misinterpret it? That, uh, quote, I don't I will do all I can 
as a legislator to yeah. not accept a refugee population in the state of Arizona. That is not ambiguous. No. That's not that's not gray. It's even worse, by the way. It's not a fast, off-the-cuff response to someone taunting you where you say three words and you regret that. Yeah, whatever, these, buddy. These are multiple paragraphs. This is almost a minute of talking where he's, he's reiterating the same point over and over again. I don't want them here. As a legislator, I'll do everything I can to keep them from being here. I don't think it's good for the state bad of Arizona. Bad for our schools. Bad for our hospitals. Yeah. They're a drain if you I don't care. Which if, none of it is true. I don't care if people call me a bigot. I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, he just kept talking and talking and talking, basically saying the same thing over and over again. So this wasn't a response to a taunt. A taunt. This was him speaking his mind to a group that he thought was going to receive that in a very positive way. And they very well may have. Yeah. We but don't, we don't know. Again, he was speaking at a public event. And again, the idea, of course, he pivots to, again, the lie, the canard, that this is somehow secret and that this this video, this audio that came out is meant to embarrass him. No, just recorded what you said yeah. and then played it back in its entirety. I, I, I'm just going to point this out again. We have options. This is a democracy. We can elect new people. If you're in District 23 and you don't like Jay Lawrence, there's a guy running. His name's Eric Curland. He almost <laughs> won last time. He's running again. Eric Curlin, K-U-R-L-A-N-D. Look him up online. Get to work. There's, there's, that's there's all, that's Barry's how, pitch. That's how we do it. If you don't like your your legislator, go get another one. The impeachment trial, day two, has uh, oh kicked off. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened on day one and why most of you didn't pay attention. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Barry Markson in for Pamela Hughes in the impeachment trial. The second phase um, has kicked off day two. The House managers are basically uh, delivering their opening arguments, right? That's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering yeah, is happening they, right now. They don't call them in a normal trial. They'd be called opening statements. You're okay. not really supposed to do argument here. This is going to be opening argument. It's really the presentation of their case. And because, at least as of right now, there's no indication that they'll be allowed to call other witnesses, any witnesses, or provide any exhibits, um, this is where they're going to present everything. So they're going to walk. They're going to walk the senators through what the House did uh, before reaching their their impeachment vote, um, and explain why they think the the president should be removed from office. And it's all going to happen right here over the next uh, 24 hours, the next three days, basically. Yeah. Um, there is an argument. And I'm going to go ahead and make it that this looks different. And and here's where I'll put it. The impeachment hearings, which were in the House, remember those? Yeah. Go in the way, way back machine. You got to go back to 2019. <laughs> yes. And the there was, let's go just with optics. You had people testifying. Then they had the different members of Congress asking questions, sometimes back and forth with one another. There was drama. There was tension at times. There was acrimony, whatever you want to call it. This has none of that. And I think that's on purpose as opposed to multiple cameras. Think about this, just reaction shots. This is a static camera. One, and this is, by the way, the rules that Mitch McConnell wanted. Right. He this put is one camera pointed at the podium, the lectern, if you yeah. will. And you have no idea what's happening in the Senate around it. Yeah. You, there's no cameras allowed. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a broad uh, two-camera shot of the overall room, 
but you can't really see anybody's face. You can't see what anybody's doing. You can't tell. There's no camera shots of someone taking notes or not taking notes or looking at their shoes or falling asleep. None of that happens here. It is. You're right, Bruce. I mean, this could not be any more boring. You're looking at Adam Schiff in a suit and tie up against a granite backdrop, and he's just talking. He's looking down now, and reading off of notes. Yeah, and they're, they're, the Democrats did You're this yesterday. You're not missing anything, by the way. The House manager, did the, they did this yesterday, and I think they'll do it again today. He's, he already has. Uh, there'll be slides. They're showing uh, some electronic. They're using some aid, audiovisual aids, I guess, so you could say, to the senators, which may be the most exciting thing they're going to do. You're right. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. Maybe the most exciting thing. <laughs> Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have set this up to be as boring as possible to make it not for must-watch TV, but you don't want to see this TV. It's the kind of thing where you tune in for five or ten minutes, and you're like, okay, I've seen enough of this, and you move on. Um, they're not allowing witnesses. They're they not, don't it, want it's, drama. No. They don't want you to feel like you're missing no. anything, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah, and by the way, they don't want to watch it. Will that... Will there be a backlash against that? Do you think well, this will hurt anybody? I, no. Well, maybe. This, the people that have to really be concerned about this are those who are run, Republicans who are running for office this year, um, and eventually some Democrats, depending on where votes go. Um, but I think the people, Republican senators who are running this year, like Martha McSally right here in Arizona, okay. there are going to be people. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Bruce. I'm watching this. I want to see what Mar- how Martha McSally uh, acts in this proceeding. But you say acts. All you're going to know is how she votes. Well, that's true. I mean, well, and I can tell you how she's going to vote. Well, you're you're probably right. There was a time I thought she may at least really may, may well because to me you you attached yourself to Trump two year a year ago and you lost in and, Arizona and, and, and the Republican Party the Arizona Republican Party and her campaign said the reason that she lost in a, in an election yeah. that Doug Ducey won for example was from literally people that voted for Ducey but voted for Cinema yeah it was the first and time and they said her connection and being too close to Trump herder. It, it's the first time in Arizona since 1980 that we've elected a Democratic senator. Mm-hmm. So you have to, 40 years it's taken us to do that. And keep in mind, we elected a Republican governor at the same time. Right. So it wasn't like some wave. Right. It was her. Exactly. And and so I thought she was going to come in and be a little bit more center right, a little bit more, frankly, to what she was when she was in Congress. She was a congressperson from the Tucson area, yeah. one of the most competitive districts in the entire country. And she governed, if she, she acted as if she was from there and did a center right thing. She was a Republican. She was conservative. But she wasn't who she's become in this race for Senate. So there I was thinking in this next race for Senate, which is now 2020, that she was going to separate herself a little bit. Not not entirely. She's a Republican. She's a conservative. But to separate yourself, to show at least you're thinking about things. You're not just in Trump's pocket. And here she is just doing that again. I'm, I'm a little surprised. That. I think she tried that last year and didn't get any traction. Well, maybe you're right. And she's being out fundraised. Yep, she's behind in every poll. Yep. And I think she said, I can lose on principle or I can throw my lot in with Trump and hope to raise money and yeah. have a chance. And hope and just ride his coattails into election that he, he comes in and hopefully wins in Arizona. Because what's her, what's her other option? She's in a very tough spot. I mean, let's face it. If she comes out and starts to criticize Trump, we've seen what happens. He drops the endorsement. He starts railing against you. And then Republicans get upset with you. Yeah. And they're threatening not to vote. Maybe she, they get a, she gets a better primary challenger. There, there's issues here. This is not an easy thing for any of these I'm not gonna argue that. Re- Republicans who are up for election. Uh, but that's what I'm looking to see. I want to see if the Democrats are putting on a case that warrants witnesses coming in to the, to the Senate. I want to see if the Democrats make a persuasive argument that more should be done here in the Senate than is going to be done. Do we know the outcome of this? Yes. Do, is the president going to be removed? 
No, we've never removed a president from office through impeachment in this country's history ever. I don't expect this to be the first one, whether or not he should be. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm expect curious. removal from office. I'm curious uh, as to how the senators are acting. And the only thing I'll, I will mention to you, as far as this being boring, it's the Senate. It's it's a it's stayed there. It's a different atmosphere in the mm-hmm. Senate than it is in the House. It's always been like that. Even yesterday, the Chief Justice less so than before. The the Chief Justice gently lambasted both sides to remember Admonished. where you are, admonish yes. them, remember where you are, and act accordingly. Um, and I think we like that, right? We, we like decorum. And I, I would hope that both sides show some of that. And that's the other thing I'm looking for. Are they acting in a way I think you're going to be, well, respectful of the institution and, and this constitutional And I think issue? by the way they're presenting it, the way they are producing this TV show, prevents you from drawing any of those conclusions because you are not going to see or hear from the senators themselves. It, it's, I will say, that, well, there, but there are reporters in the room. I will say... It, and the, the rules are fascinating. They can't have they can't have coffee or iced tea in there. They can have milk, milk? or water. They're not allowed to have their phones in the can't room. Play, you can't play Sudoku. It's it's truly amazing the, yeah. the limitations that are being put on. They're the bored to tears. I've heard co- the things where they just sit there trying of to stay. Of course they are. It went for fourteen hours yesterday. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, and they already know how they're going to vote. Yeah, sorry, fifty three forty seven. You're yep. right. We'll see if we get That's witnesses though. A lot more talk about witnesses now. Even the president the says... The vote yesterday he, was 53-47. The president, they tabled everything. Yeah. The president today said he wouldn't mind if they had witnesses. That's what he said. The latest on the terrible story. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about mental illness. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So the the tragic, horrific, terrible story of the mother accused of killing her three kids. It is difficult to talk about. Barry, your wife told you she can't even listen to us talk about it on the radio. Yeah. Now, in all fairness, she tells me she can't listen to me on the radio most of the time. I would get But uh, no, it's it's gruesome what happened here, Bruce. And um, it, it's and she's admitted it now. I mean, the the, the mom has admitted killing yeah, the kids this to the police. I, I, so, I, I, we say accused. The right. accusation's coming from her own statement. Right. Obviously not convicted yet, but uh, but everything we have is from what she told the police. And and you'd look at this and, and say, well, what, what can we do to make sure or try to make sure this never happens again? Obviously, we can't guarantee it never happens again because mental illness is a horrible thing and we don't have a handle on it. And I don't know that we ever can entirely, but... Um, what more? What more can we be doing? And and this isn't to blame anybody, Bruce. I don't know that anybody's to blame here. You know, we've had plenty of cases in Arizona in the past where we look at uh, what used to be child protective services or now CES, and you and you say, "What are you guys doing?" But this so, is this is one where they didn't have contact with the, with this family. And and okay, so let's pivot. Yeah, I don't I don't want to talk about the details of it anymore. Yeah, okay. I've heard I've heard them enough already. You can find them if you're interested in it. It's just. We don't need to discuss that. So I, I I have a question. So I don't think we're ever going to get a why that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You and I were talking off the air and I said, I, I wish I could understand why. And, and you're right. We, we will never get a satisfactory answer to that. Because there isn't one. Right. Fair? Yes. We know, and this came up in court yesterday, that... The family recently moved here from Oklahoma. Uh, recently, as in, I heard, summer of last year. While living in the state of Oklahoma, the two older children, I'm assuming the, the seven-month-old hadn't been born yet, the two older children 
had been removed from the house and taken away from her by Oklahoma Child Protective Services, yeah. whatever they call it there, because of the mother's drug addiction. We hear that it's methamphetamine. Obviously, at some point, the children were given back. Right. Right? In the state of Arizona, here's what I don't understand. And I'm trying to, I won't say find a silver lining. I'm, I, I, I'm looking at how does this, how do we prevent this in the future? Does, is the state of Arizona, or is, let me put it this way, is the state of Oklahoma required to alert the state of Arizona that this person had had their children taken away previously because of some very real issues and what precautions do their new state have to take? Yeah, and I, I don't know the answer to that. It, it would appear they don't because Arizona, what do they call it now? It's Department of Child Safety, I think it is in Arizona uh, now. DCS. Yeah, yes. the DCS. So I, DCS is saying they had no contact with these people. Yeah, no reason, no, right? No, right. No, they hadn't heard a thing yeah. about them, no complaints, nobody raised But they also issue. didn't know there was a problem. Right. From the state of Oklahoma. They, they, right. they so, weren't moving here from Mars. So they were my, moving here from Oklahoma. So my guess is that Oklahoma, that there is no law requiring Oklahoma to inform other states when a family that they're watching or, or is under their uh, supervision leaves the state, which is kind of scary if you think about it. Well, that's my point, because yeah. I'm going to assume, I'm making a lot of assumptions, but again, the oldest child was only three. So yeah. all this had to happen within the last couple of years. Right. It isn't like this was 16 years ago. No. And why would they tell uh, you're, yeah. hanging, you're, you're, you're blaming me for something that happened right. in the past. If your children are taken away from you by a state, they're usually returned with stipulations. Oh, yeah. Things like home visits. You have to check in, et cetera, et cetera, et right. cetera. Scheduled visits, surprise visits. Can the you whole thing. get away from that by moving? And did they move to get out from, quote, under the thumb right. of the state of Oklahoma? And isn't that all the more reason that their next state should be alerted? Yeah. It, it, if, if, if you're able to move, and this would be a multi state issue, but if you're able to leave a state and there's no requirement that your old state inform the new state where you are, that's something we need to look into and fix. Now, it's hard, though, Bruce, because how do you do that, right? I mean, I, I'm not a, arguing it's easy. So if you leave Oklahoma, mm -hmm. it isn't like you have to, do you have, what if you don't tell the department there, hey, I'm leaving and we're moving to Arizona? You're just gone one day. They, but, but they call you are, or follow up and you're gone. Now, and, what, now what do they do? But isn't that, again, I, I would have to understand the stipulation, but again, I'm going to make an assumption here that if it rises to the level that children are removed from a home, that must involve some adjudication. You must have had to go before a judge at some point. Yeah. So there should be uh, there should there, be. Some there's a record of this judicial, happening. Right. There's some sort of court ordered supervision going on. You, you're right. I and would. And you expect, shouldn't just be able to move. Yep. And your court ordered supervision goes away. You're right. As if with any other crime. You, you'd have to. You'd have, you should have to tell them that you're moving. Maybe get approval to move. And certainly there should be notification to your new state that you're coming in, and they should. And set by up a the visit. way, this person was was yeah. was. Uh, uh, had this issue, right? We were concerned about these children, whatever it it's, might be. Do you it, see what I'm saying? I'm looking at because my worry is there's a gap. Yeah, my worry is that with this using this one specifically, is there a gap, a loophole? Yeah, that puts kids at risk. And and if there is, we we need to try to fill that gap. But I think it's also important to know from what we know what this mom did, it may not have done any good. 
we we don't know that there was anything going on in the home that would have alerted authorities. Even okay. if even if Department of Ch- uh, Child Safety is, is is supervising, they're not in the home all the time. No, they don't. They, they're they're not there. This mom, she did this with the we, father and an aunt in, in the, the house, next room. In, in the literally next in the room. next room, and and still was able to do it. So it, this isn't. And obviously, we're not trying to blame anybody here, but we're looking at this, and you're just so you're just gasping at straws. You're, you're gasping and saying, "How do we find some way?" to help children to make sure this doesn't happen in the future to the best that we can. We can't keep every child safe. I might have touched a bit of a nerve. Only reason I say that is, a friend of mine in law enforcement, I won't throw you under the bus officer, says, I've been saying this for years. So apparently Uh in law enforcement they know there might be a bit of a disconnect, a bit of a gap when it comes to this. Well, that's that's awful if that's the case. And did they leave Oklahoma knowing they wouldn't be under the same scrutiny in the state of Arizona... There should be a database. There should be a database. There is with so many other crimes. Right. You don't get away from your crime just because right. you cross state lines. There should be a database so that they can they can look it up, and there should yeah. be notification. There's ways to fix this. It won't be easy, and it's going to have to cross state lines. It's going to have to yeah. be the federal level. This is a big issue. We wanted to talk about yeah. it, but we didn't want to go into the gruesome details, and yep. I hope you guys can appreciate that uh, as well. An HOA in Gilbert. Probably violating the Constitution of the United States. But what's new? We'll tell you about that coming up next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Storyteller and workshop leader Lisa Lampanelli is coming to the Mesa Art Center this Friday and Saturday to speak about her weight loss journey. Tickets are on sale now at MesaArtsCenter.com, but you can win a pair by visiting the rewards page at KTAR.com. Plus, a grand prize winner will win a meet and greet with Lisa at the show. Again, visit the rewards page at KTAR.com to enter. So uh, that's Barry Markson, by the way, in for Pamela Hughes, playing the part of Pamela Hughes today. Doing my best. Appreciate having you in here. Well, I'm glad I'm here. Big shoes to fill. So, people who may not know, you are a attorney. Yes. What do you call yourself? An attorney. <laughs> what kind of attorney? Litigator? Yeah, I do civil and commercial litigation. Civil and commercial litigation. Okay. <clears throat> Mr. Markson, have you ever served on the board of an HOA. Please answer the question directly. Yes, I have. Yes, you have. Years ago, yes, You have have. been on an HOA board. The reason I I bring this up is because there is an HOA in Gilbert that has taken the idea of fining people for violating the CCRs, is that what they're called? CCNRs. CCNRs of the HOA to an extreme, expanding them to being critical of board members on Facebook. Yeah, they've uh, they've really taken this too far. Uh, there's a Facebook page for this neighborhood, and, and this happens a lot in neighborhoods now, right? There's Facebook pages or online neighborhoods. It's called Val Vista Lakes, and they have a little Facebook page where the residents can go and post things. Hey, my dog is lost, or hey, we're selling a desk. Does anybody want it? Stuff like that about the neighborhood. And on there, apparently during the last... And this is a private, invite-only Facebook page, right? so it's not even publicly... 
publish. No, it's it, one of the residents there started the page. It's her page. Yeah. Uh, I think I think a couple of other residents are moderators. They call it okay. right. Yeah. But basically, they open it up and say this is for us to talk about, and it's invite only, so other neighbors can say I'd like to join. Okay. Yeah. And then here's information. You live in the neighborhood. You're on. You're in our page. Got so the, it. The you're la- in our group. The last election for the uh, homeowners association board, people started writing comments on that page. Some of which were not pleasant toward people that had been on the board, and some pretty strong, uh, some pretty strong accusations. Uh, it, it's um, here's here's a couple. I'm mean, here's some uh, a news report from Channel 15, uh, our partner as well. It was disagreements about how certain members of the board run the board, where they're spending our money, things of that nature. Those disagreements played out in the comments of the page. Following elections, the board proposed a social media policy restricting opinions about the board on Facebook. So they did that. and then- Restricting opinions about the board on Facebook. And by the way, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to beat you to this. Threatening to fine the moderators of the Facebook page, residents of the, of the community, right? $250 a day for posts they find objectionable. Right. So they, you don't even know what that is. This is in the real, eye of the beholder. This is real HOA overreach. It truly is. I, I doubt very much there's something in the CCNRs that allows them to fine people two hundred fifty dollars a day or anything uh, for this sort of thing. Now, stuff that was said on the board uh, on this Facebook page. Apparently, some of this is potentially could be libel. As board members, uh, it said that some board members altered or manipulated votes in the annual elections. If, we don't know that to be true. We don't at all. But if it's not true, that's libelous. I mean, that, you're, you're defaming people there. There's no question about it. Another post that board members purposely retaliated against members in the association. You know, you're allowed to say opinions, Bruce. You can't state something as a fact if it's not true. If but, we start suing people for saying stupid things on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Now, I understand you, as an attorney, love the idea. <laughs> Are, just think right. of the opportunities that you are going to have to defend people against Facebook lawsuits. I, I have defended many people uh, in in libel and slander really? claims. Oh yeah, this happens all the time people, on social media. Uh, on social media, yeah, mm-hmm. I've I've defended cases from companies where people put a review, a negative review, and uh, a company sued them to take down their review. You were on, you were on the company side, weren't you? Uh, I was. I'm on. I'm on the side of who's paying the bill. Well, there Bruce. is that. That's, At least you're honest about. It. I do appreciate if, that. If they hire me, then who, I mean, who's hired me? I, mean, yeah. I, I don't take every client, but if I take you, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, I'll tell you uh, what. You no, guys. actually, in that case, I was defending the individuals. To be honest with you, so really? it was. Yeah, the company. The company had a lot of bad reviews, and they had hired a lawyer who was going around suing anybody. Trying to sue anybody yep. who'd left a bad review. When and the reality the, is, they were a bad company. And, I'm saying it here. Right. I wish I knew. And that. I think the review was accurate. To be honest with you, but it's the it, you know you start getting that kind of pressure for individual people. Just another reason hate HOAs. By the way, yes, yes. Yes, it is. So I, this HOA, I think, really overstepping here. I think they're going to get themselves in trouble. And my guess is these fines, everything will be pulled back. That's my guess. Okay. All right. Barry, thank you for filling in today. Glad to be here, Bruce. Always a pleasure. We might need you tomorrow, depending on how Pamela feels. Oh, my. All right. All right. You available? You on no. call? <laughs> really not. Wow. Words hurt. That was qu- it was a quick answer, too. You didn't have to go, oh, think about it. Let me check my... No. No. Pamela or somebody other than Barry will be in here tomorrow (laughs) with me. How's that? There you go. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. We look through the double-pane bulletproof glass. We've got uh, DJ Tommy Two-Tone, Super Producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClain.